I was trying to understand the difference between Chaya Elam and Chaya Shah, eternal life and temporary life. We're saying that's the difference between um, Torah and prayer. And um, in this discourse, looking at it, I, I didn't understand exactly the difference. But another discourse of the previous Rebbe, he says the word temporary in Hebrew means um, to turn. It says that Hashem turned to Hevel and to his offering. So, so Tefillah is called the, the, the temporary life or the life of turning. It's a life of turning to Hashem. That's what davening is. Davening is a service of Hashem, of your, of your spirit, of devoting yourself to what's higher than you. In, in the service of Hashem of Torah, Torah is you're taking something to you. The idea of learning is that you're understanding and absorbing something that you're learning. So when you learn Torah, your devotion to learning is like this. You're trying to take something that you want to understand and you understand it. But in davening, it's a devotion to that which is higher higher than understanding. That means it's not to something that you understand. Rather, it's to uh, something infinite which is above understand, and it's it's in the realm of faith and, and uh, belief in Hashem. So in learning Torah, a Jew is like a student by a teacher, and in davening, a Jew is like a child by his father. Um, previous Hebrew writes, davening is the comfort of a Jew. That's his inner life. He um, it, it, it encompasses a person's entire feeling, his entire feeling, and it gives him the best goodness. In davening, the Jew becomes animated, he becomes comforted, he becomes revived, his hope gets stronger, and he feels he feels stronger. Uh, in davening, a person makes a strong decision that from now on he'll become different, that he won't do anything negative, both the negative character traits of jealousy, hatred, uh, lying, and scoffing, and saying Lashon uh, Hara, um, or uh, negative behavior of being frigid to others and coarse um, he throws it out of himself in davening and he, he makes sure when he, when he davens he, he resolves that he's going to see to only do good things and he hopes that Hashem will, um, will make everything in his life better oh, and that's the tools of serving Hashem and Torah is a, war, is a service to Hashem which creates a world um, davening is a service to Hashem which teaches us how to turn to Hashem. Um, so that's, um, that says over there that, that he says in the same discourse, I'm quoting from the discourse of the previous rabbi on, on, these, um, on this passage of the Gemara where he makes this distinction. Um, earlier, on in this, this, earlier on in that same discourse, he says that um, we say in the blessing of Torah study that Hashem has given us eternal life. So, what's, he, what's eternal life mean? Or, or life of the world? He says, Torah illuminates a person in his life, both his physical life and his spiritual life, this world and the next world. Another meaning of Chaye Olam, a life that creates a world. Whoever conducts himself in all their affairs according to the way Torah instructs him, that's a beautiful world. A world of good behavior between man and God and between man and his friend. 
Another meaning of eternal life, or chayyelim, life of the world, eternal world. The person himself is not eternal, but his good deeds, um, they they remain eternal. They stay. They, they make him eternal with good um, with good generations that come from him, with the eternal name, and he gets this reward in the world to come, a eternal reward, and that reward protects his children. So, um, so that's those are those are three meanings of the words chay um, ilam. Uh, Torah illuminates a person in this world and the next world. Uh, Torah creates a beautiful world in your life and also it makes you continue on next generation through your deeds and through your children. Um, okay, and davening is the time of turning to Hashem. To, 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 it's, it's about turning to Hashem. That's it says in that discourse. And um, um, this discourse is, first of all, is very brief and second of all, it's not edited by the Rebbe, so, um, uh, so it's, it's, it's hard for me to, to see the whole picture here, um, besides the fact that uh, quotes from any other discourses. But either way, um, we, we, we were mentioning this because we wanted to understand the difference between Shem B'Yuchoy and Chenia Magil, and we said the Chenia Magil service of Hashem, the way he brought rain was through prayer, and Shem B'Yuchoy brought rain through Torah study. And we said that Torah study is about drawing something from above into this world. In order for something to reach this world, it has to come from the, from the infinite light of Hashem. But davening is elevating from below to above. And so although it seems that um, there's an advantage in both, uh, but Torah, the Torah of Shemir Yechoi specifically had both elements in it. He was able, that's why um, he didn't need to daven because his Torah study, within two hundred dollars, the Gemara says you have one hundred. His Torah study incorporated had within it this the, the the power of prayer. Let's continue on in this course. But there is also an advantage of prayer that surpasses Torah, and therefore Rabbi Shmuel and all of his holy brotherhood did not um, were not exempt from saying Shema. Why were they not exempt from saying Shema? Because there's advantage in prayer that surpasses Torah, and saying Shema is the very essence of prayer. What that means is the first verse of Shema is Shema Yisrael Shem Elokim Shem Echod. Shema means it says all the discourses to understand, to gather, uh, to understand deeply, and to gather everything in your life, and to realize Echod. What's Echod mean? Echod means Echod has three letters. Aleph means the master of the world. Aleph means master. Ches equals the seven have equals eight, the seven heavens and the earth, and Dalit equals the four directions. That means when we say Shema, we're emphasizing we're not we're not talking about the truth of Hashem as it is independent of creation. Rather, we're talking about the how Hashem is one. That means there is seven, there is an eight, and there is a four. There is a world. And through Shema Yisrael, Shema means understand to meditate, and Shema means to gather, as it says in the Torah, that Shaul gathered the people. So we we bring down this truth to ourselves that Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, that Hashem is the master, the Hashem, the master of the world, is drawn. It sounds like that saying not just we draw this into ourselves, but we actually affect this. We reveal godliness in the world. In other words, not just. We accept the truth of Hashem in creation, the seven heavens and the four directions, but by doing this, we reveal godliness 
in the seven heavens and the four directions in the world. That's the advantage that prayer has that surpasses Torah, that, it, that the truth of Hashem comes into the world. The word world means concealment. The truth of Hashem comes into the place of concealment. So we can fulfill the purpose of Hashem in creation, which is make this world, the slowest world, a home for Him. And that's the reason why the Talmud Yerushalmi in Shabbos says in the, in the beginning of that tractate of Shabbos that Mora asks over there, didn't Rabbi Shema Yechai interrupt his, interrupt his Torah study to make a sukkah? Did he interrupt his Torah study to make a lulav? The reason he had to do that was because the main intent of Hashem in creation is to make the world, the lowest world, this world, a home for Hashem. And that's why the Talmud Yerushalmi specifically mentions the example of a sukkah, an example of a lulav. Because what's the idea of a sukkah? A sukkah, it says in the Torah, you should take, you should take the um, um, soilus, you should take the, uh, the, the, what's left over from the harvest and make that into your sukkah. So the idea, idea of what's left over means it's, it's, it's inferior. It's not the part that, you, that you're looking for. You, take, you, you have your harvest of your grain, of your, of your, of your um, grapes, and now the, the leftover, the branches, etc., you don't need, that's you make the sukkah, sukkah out of. So that represents, sukkah being made out of the inferior, unnecessary things, represents how the way to make a home for Hashem is in the lowest from the lowest things. From the lowest things of this world, make a home for Hashem, so to speak, from the uh, garbage. Things which, are, which, are, we don't, things which are not inferior, the lowest things, that's to make a home for Hashem. That's to make a sukkah. And the lulav too is the lulav is the tallest of all the four species. What's the idea of the lulav? The idea of the lulav is bringing the oneness of Hashem in this world, and that's the whole purpose of the neshama and and descending to this world. That the 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 purpose of why I was created says the Talmud. Why was I created to serve Hashem? And more, there's another language of the Talmud. I was not created for any other reason but to serve Hashem. So a lot of a sharper. Um, statement over there. The first statement is, I was created to serve Hashem. And the first is me, and I was created to serve Hashem. The second statement is, it's much deeper. That to begin with, why? what is the whole reason that I, w- I am here? Not that first there's me, and I'm here to serve Hashem. But the whole, there's no existence. All there is is Hashem. And any existence that looks like it exists, what is it really about? It's about the service of Hashem. I was not created but to serve Hashem. I was listening to a talk of Rabiel Khan explaining how, um, how this perspective really is a game-changer. Uh, briefly, he was talking about people making decisions to where to send their children to school, and how one man said to the other, um, this is one of Rabiel's favorite stories, one man said to the other that uh, he's going to send his, his children to, to learn by the Michal. Michal, um, I'm sorry, Michal, Michal Lipsker. Michal Lipsker, uh, even though at that time it was pretty crazy to send your children to learn Torah all day and not to have any secular studies, but that's what he's going to do. So his friend said, but what about, don't you want your children to earn a pranosa? And now his friend said, well, the Rebbe said we should send our children just to study Torah. He's, he's like, well, but. But is not really an argument. But is just a, uh, uh, an impossible, you can't defend against yourself against but. but uh, so his friend's response to the but was, but this is the truth. This is the truth. The truth of Hashem is here too. Hashem, the Rebbe says to do, and for sure it's going to work, and Hashem will help. So his friend said, what you're saying is, is from like the deepest levels of Hasidus. Yehudah This is understanding of the truth of Hashem in the highest of levels. What are you saying? So his friend said, indeed. 
This is from Yehudila. What I'm saying actually is in the highest levels of understanding the oneness of Hashem. So his friend said, well, you think you're on that level? You're out of your mind. You think you're on the level of Rabbi Yom Klatsker? You think that's who you are? So his friend responded, I'm not on that level. But I know, but I'm, I'm going to make a decision for the benefit of my child doesn't have a Yitzhara. For myself, I have a Yitzhara. For myself, I make my own decisions. But, I don't, but for my children, I want them to have the best. So I'm not going to make a decision for my son based upon what the best thing is. So then, uh, so then, so then that shows that I'm, I'm an apicarist. I'm an apicarist. means I don't believe. If I don't, if, if, if I don't um, give my children what I think is the, um, what I believe to be the best thing, then that, that means I don't believe. So anyway, so, so that's the difference between I was created to serve my master versus I was not created for any other reason but to serve my master. To begin with, the whole existence is only the truth of Hashem. And my existence to begin with is only, is only about the service of Hashem. So the further the Talmud says it's better their person wasn't created. So why was he created? Why did he just soul descend? So um, the whole reason why a person was created is in order that something should be there should be a benefit for Hashem that Hashem should be served that the, this descent should bring to an ascent until the Neshama returns back to its source and that's uh, and the world becomes a home for Hashem. Okay, so the so purpose of the Neshama's ascent of this world is to um, make this world a home for Hashem, although it seems on a personal level that, that you're losing out, but in the end, in the long run, you gain, and, but oh, that's not only the pur- purpose, that's, not, that's, that's your benefit, but the purpose is the Eivishter wants a home in this world. And that's where Shema Yechoi had to stop and say Shema, because saying Shema is about recognizing, recognizing and revealing the truth of Hashem in this world. And this will help us understand why the Gemara says that this tzaddik named Abman Yamin, he, he wanted, he prayed, that he should always pray next to his bed. What that means is he always wanted to pray immediately after getting up. What's the reason he wanted this? So it says in Torah, or this is because the advantage that prayer has that surpasses Torah. And this is not something that uh, everyone can do. And that's why Abba Miyam had to pray for this. As it says in Shulchan Aruch, that every person has to go from step to step, from level to level. Uh, so first you have to go to Shul, and from Shul you go to study Torah, and study of Torah, then um, you go to bring, you go out, out to bring godliness in the world through working. Um, that sounds like what everyone is supposed to do. So it has a different number in Yemen. Um, I know this is a different Avin Yaman. Avin Yaman prayed he should, he should daven next to his bed. That's supposed to do first shul, then Torah, then go out to work. I'm not sure what was unique uh, that he needed a special prayer for about about what he was doing. Um, okay, let's go further. I don't, know, I don't know the answer to that, but either way, that's the. Um, that's the reason why Yeshua Yehoi had to pray. However, the way he brought rain in this story was through saying Torah. Not through praying from going from below to above because of, what, because of the ascent of the world towards godliness. It wasn't that, that, that the world ascended sufficiently in order to deserve the rain. Rather, it was through studying Torah. He spoke about the unity of, of Zohar Malchus. He spoke about the source of rain. And by doing this, uh, he brought actual rain to this world. 
as we said before, that in his Torah study he had the advantage of prayer as well. In his in the in the Chayil, in the eternal life of Torah, he also incorporated had the advantage of prayer as well in his Torah study. Within the two hundred, he had the one hundred, and that's why he was able to bring rain down through his Torah study. But the, what's the, the we still have to explain what's the meaning of the praise that the other sages gave. What's the purpose of their praise? Why do they all have to praise him? They called him Shabbos, they called him the face of Hashem. Why do they have to pray, praise him? But the purpose of praising Shemuel is to bring into Shemuel something which is beyond Torah as well. What does that mean? Well, understand this by first explaining that Shemuel had two, two titles. He was called the teacher, he was also called the king. Like it says in, in the Dech Mitzvah um, Sadek, about the midst of having a king, the Mashiach has two roles. Mashiach is called a teacher. Mashiach is called a king. What is the meaning of these two roles? Mashiach is called a teacher because he'll teach Torah to everyone. He's also a teacher to students. That means he's, there's something in Mashiach that has a relevance to everyone and everyone can understand. Mashiach is teaching us something. We're, gonna, we're going to understand what Mashiach is telling us. It's kind of like we said before about uh, Torah study. You're trying to, uh, to absorb something. Mashiach is going to teach it to you. You have to understand it. There's another element, another facet in Mashiach Mashiach is called a king. That means it's way beyond the people. Every king is beyond the people, and especially Mashiach. And so too, regarding Rishon Bayochoi, he has an element of himself as a teacher, and it means he gives his chaverim, and through them, all the Jewish people, Torah. There's another thing that Rishon Bayochoi had inside of him, that was he was a king. He was exalted. Like it says about Rishon Bayochoi, that he said about himself, that I see that there's a, a limit, there's a very few amount, there are very few tzaddikim which are called bnei aliyah. The people who are called uh, bnei aliyah, they're exalted people, a certain unique kind of tzaddik, I've seen that they're very few. Then he said, if there's, he said, that, I don't know how many there are. If there's a, this amount, it means these people. If there's this amount, it means these people. If there are two of them, it's me and my son. And if it's only, there's only one of them, I'm the guy. So, um, the, the reason Rebbe says why he, he said it this way was because there's different ways of defining what B'nai Aliyah is. If you wanted to define B'nai Aliyah with this kind of yardstick, and therefore you have many more, then, then all these people would be included in that title. But if you're going to use the highest kind of yardstick in order to define what a B'nai Aliyah is, then only one person would fit this. So in order to reveal that higher element of himself in himself, that was through the praises that his friends gave him, praises that his students gave him. Like it says in Torah Or, that, that a name draws down the essence. In other words, although in general the purpose of a name is for others to call you by that name, although a name connects your soul with your body, so therefore you need to name yourself. Your name is, is, your, your name is not the name of your body or the name of your soul. Your name is an interface that connects your soul with your body. Before you had a body, you didn't have a name. And but your, your soul's name was different than the other, when it was in a different incarnation. So your name is about the interface, the way your soul connects to your body. So the name is the, the binding of soul to body. That's, so it's not only for others. So though that's true, the purpose of knowing it, uh, your name, why, why do you have to know your name? The main reason you have to know your name is for other people to call you by that name. Yes, you need a name to be born, but the reason other people need to call you by that, the reason you need to know your name is for other people to, to refer you to by that name. However, that's only in an irregular situation. But if you faint, um, the way to re- revive someone from fainting is by calling them by, the, by their name. If, 
his attention across the room. Gagi, 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 gomish. Sorele, he turned like on the dot. Right. No one calls him Sorele. Most people don't even know his name that way. The, the, na- the name touches the essence. So, so um, you know, person like, even when other medicine can't arouse a person. To, so, medicine is is more than food. Medicine um, heals a person from a disease, but nevertheless, a name is even a greater um, medicine, if you will, than medicine. Medicine reaches a deeper place, and medicine is. Um, I'm sorry, and, and name is even deeper. Uh, and, and name connects to the ver- following verse. It says in the verse, Heal me, God, and I'll be healed. And, and name connects to the essence. Um, speaking of Shemir Yochayin, speaking of, uh, of uh, the power of Shemir Yochayin, just amazing thing that Rebbe once told someone to go to the hospital and to say the name of the Rebbe in the person's ear. Because Yes, your name connects to your essence. Then there's the essence of everyone, of every Jew's essence. The essence of the essence of all the Jewish people is, is a second generation. I thought that was an amazing thing. Anyway, so getting back to Rav Shemir Chayz. Is that the case when you asked him if he saw the Rebbe? That's a story, different story. Amiel asked the Rebbe for a bracha for, his, for a relative of his who wasn't from. And the, and, and the Rebbe said, that was, how old is your relative? And he figured out that his relative was there when the previous Rebbe saw him. Uh, the previous would have seen him when he went to Israel. So if Rebbe said, if the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe saw you, then you'll, you'll be okay. But there's something else. Rebbe said, you go to the hospital, you say the Rebbe's name in his ear, and that will revive him. Okay. So this is the meaning of the praises that they gave Shem Yechai. The purpose of praising him was to bring out in him his essence. Something which is beyond what he, his role as a Torah, as a Torah teacher. Um, and so by the praise, they reveal not just his ability to teach the Jewish people Torah, his rabbi element, by praising they brought out within him his king element, his innermost part, which is beyond the people. We could say, that this is the meaning of the passage of the Zohar. The Zohar says there are three things which are bound with each other. The Jewish people, the Torah, and Hashem. And there are different layers in this bond. There is a way that the external part of the Jew connects to the external part of the Torah, and so to speak, the limited light of Hashem, where Hashem's light is contracted. And then there is the innermost part of a Jew, which connects, which connects to the innermost part of Torah, which in turn connects to the essence of Hashem. Um, so, so the usual order is, you, it's, 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 you go to the revealed part of Torah, through the revealed part of Torah, get into the inner part of Torah, and the inner part of Torah, get the revealed part, and from the revealed part, it's, it's each of these, the simple translation of the Zohar is, that there's a chain, you go, exter- you go to your um, external, and then you go deeper in Torah, and then you go to, 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 to the external part of, of godliness, then you go to the essence. So each, part is, each thing is a part of the chain. But another way of explaining it is that you don't have to go through the whole chain. If you go to the inner part of Torah, directly connect the essence of Hashem. Um, so although the revelation in, in, of the inner part of Torah, what, through Abshem Yuchai, Happened all year. Nevertheless, the main revelation doesn't lag by Omer. On that, Yeshua Yochai said, "With one bond, I was bound to this world, and now Yeshua Yochai said in David's passing, my neshama is one with him. My neshama is in flames with him. My neshama cleaves to him." That's what Yeshua Yochai said in David's passing. So it says in the in the Siddur of the Alter Rebbe 
that a lagba omer and, and they the passing of a tzaddik in general, all of the all the things that a tzaddik does is sent to heaven and they're revealed. Everything is and it causes salvation in this world. This is the lesson we're supposed to learn from lagba omer to be involved in the parts of Torah. Although, who can possibly compare themselves? To Roshim it's known, Roshim B'Yuchoi was a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu. By the way, that's the reason we call it Lag B'Omer, not Lag L'Omer. Lag B'Omer is Gematria Moshe. Um, so, Roshim B'Yuchoi um, had a spark of Moshe in him, and every Jew has a spark of Moshe in them. So, so we see that every Jew has a relationship to Roshim B'Yuchoi because he has a spark of Moshe, and everyone has a spark of Moshe. And uh, so there's a spark of Shem Yochoi in every single Jew. And that's what Shem Yochoi said, I could, I could defend the whole world against judgment. That means Shem Yochoi is able to be in the entire world, even in a place, he's able to be in, in, every, in every, not just in the physical world, he's able to be in every... Or as we're saying that Tes and Tanya and the way they have passing the tzaddik, the tzaddik's life, it's all the effort of the tzaddik, all the mitzvahs of the tzaddik, whatever the tzaddik has done, ascends, and from this new place that it ascends to, it causes salvation in the world. So, so the reason, the reason of Shem Yochai is able to cause salvation in the world is not just because that's true for every tzaddik, but also because Shem Yochai uniquely had a relationship to, um, to uh, um, a, any situation of judgment. Any place of judgment, any thing of judgment, he's able to bring down Galenius in a way that that uh, uh, and to reveal Galenius even in a place which which it seems doesn't didn't deserve it. He's able to reveal Hashem's abundance and Hashem's truth and Hashem's light, even in that kind of place, even in a person who seemingly wouldn't deserve it. So, so every Jew has a spark of Shem Yochai, and that's how Shem Yochai is able to connect and reveal Hashem's truth everywhere because everyone is of us as a part of it. So by doing all the above. We should see the fulfillment of the other verse that this mimer is based on. If you go on my mitzvahs, I will, which we said earlier, it means to study Torah with, with effort. So Hashem says, I will lead you upright. And we learned earlier, learned, this is referring to how Mashiach will come. There'll be perfection of Torah, perfection of prayer. So we should go upright with pride, still in the time of exile. And the Torah says, just like when Hashem took us out of Egypt, he showed us wonders. He will again show us wonders in the true Pikaula to Mashiach Sakena. So we should go out of exile. And even before we go out of exile, we should already have this feeling of being upright and proud to, uh, to be Jews, to be to, to termites. All right. Hazaka Baruch. Um,